0: This morning, the St. Sebastian Parish Cutting Garden, which is located right behind the church, right back here, this is the garden that supplies all the flowers for our sanctuary that you see around here, was part of the Ohio State Extension Office Master Gardener's Tour. So somewhere between 500 and 600 people were expected to visit our garden over the course of this morning and afternoon. And as part of the tour, they were invited to come into the church and see how the flowers are used in our sanctuary. The thing was that this morning there was no tabernacle. The tabernacle was removed because they're working on it to clean it up and fix it as part of our restoration. It's not supposed to be done until next week. Excuse me. <coughs> but Karen Spengler who is our chief sacristan and one of the gardeners in the garden back here said that the whole point of having this cutting garden and having these arrangements is to give glory to Jesus, to God, to bring people in and have them see the Lord, to glorify the Lord. And what's the point of leading people into the church if Jesus is not, privileged, not present in this most privileged form that we have of him in the Blessed Sacrament? So after a little bit of prodding, otherwise known as whining, And appealing to my priestly sensibilities, she persuaded me and Larry Furman to muscle part of the tabernacle into here to decorate it and to place the blessed sacrament at home inside of it with the idea and the prayer that at least maybe someone or maybe a whole bunch of someone's, of those 500 to 600 people, might be brought this much closer to Jesus coming into our church. Do you know what? It worked. People came into the church and remarked how beautiful that it is. Uh, one of the uh, there were opportunities to talk to people. There were one lady, the last lady I talked to, wanted to know about the North American martyrs, so we were able to talk about that a little bit. Some of them were non-Catholics have never stepped into a Catholic church before, and maybe just maybe. Their perception of us has changed a little bit, improved an iota. And while all this was going on, where you're sitting right now, the Knights of Columbus and other volunteers were busy reassembling the kneelers. They were trying to get them all done for mass today. You know, it's so neat. Wait till you hear them a little bit later. They make like one-tenth of the sound they used to make. It's awesome. And someone might ask the question, why did we spend $1 million on this building? And part of that is, yes, to preserve the building, to hand it on to the next generation as it was so generously handed on to us. But part of it too is to evangelize. There has been a tremendous amount of people who have been following us online, have stopped by, have inquired, have been moved by the beauty of this place. One guy sent me an essay uh, based on the the restoration of the shield on the front of the church. It just inspired him to write this thing to me. Someone else sent in a beautiful picture of the church that we might use on the front of the bu- uh, bulletin for a spell. John Kostelik of our parish wrote a very beautiful guitar piece that you might have seen on my Facebook page, and he named it Restoration, because he was inspired by the restoration and what was going on here. We're trying to talk him in to playing it on the 30th next weekend when the bishop is here to uh, give us a blessing for this place. You know, beauty inspires beauty. An attribute of God is beauty because he is beauty itself. And we try to promote the beautiful. It is why we have the Academy of Culture and Arts at St. Sebastian. Have you seen the trash that's out there in our culture masquerading as art? That is what happens when beauty is divorced from truth and goodness. We wanted to inspire art in a way that made Western culture great, so people learn and practice and perform their art here in a Christian atmosphere. All these reasons are why we have so many concerts here also. It brings more people onto our grounds and into our church to be more comfortable in a Catholic setting because, honestly, we can be a little bit intimidating. We're big and we're brash. And we introduce them to the beauty and the art inspired by our heritage. And hopefully, this brings them closer to Christ and the church. Now, none of these things are going to out-and-out convert anybody. They're baby steps. But they are steps, and that's how our culture changes, little by little, while anybody is hardly even noticing. That's how our nation got to be the way that it is today. You know, we moved a little bit further this way and said that was okay, so that became the new boundary. And if that's the new boundary, then you just move it a little bit more, that should be okay, because it's just a little bit over the boundary, then that becomes the new boundary. And we've gone more and more out there what we are trying to do here as a parish and as a church is to move little by little closer to God, closer to Jesus, closer to his church every day. Big leaps and bounds and movements don't work. They're not long lasting, but the slow building of a, of, of a movement, of a ground swelling, that's what works. Not understanding this is what I think many people nervous makes many people nervous about the word evangelization. Evangelization, converting people to Christianity. We are told to go out and convert the world. That's scary. But in my opinion, most of us are intimidated by the idea that i got to go out. i got to find this person. I have to introduce them to Christ, get them to change their names, walk walk them through the conversion process, make them Catholic, and then make sure they stay Catholic. The fact is we don't have to convert anybody. We just have to provide a door for a person to walk through and then allow the Holy Spirit to convert that someone, if it is to be. You don't have to do the whole thing. Coming to a person as a full service, quick conversion thing can be both intimidating and a turn off. I've shared with you before the story of when I was a little kid and we got on the Metro bus to take it to downtown Akron to do school shopping back when we still had department stores. And there was a guy who was coming down the bus aisle and he would stop at every aisle and go, are you saved? Are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? You know, nobody wanted to talk to him. After a few rows, people wouldn't even look at him, right? That's not evangelization. You know, where was the relationship? Where was the idea that you knew me or even cared about me? Or listening from where I am and what my story is and where I might be and why I'm there? Where's the enticing invitation? I told you before that my dad fell completely away from the church after his... uh, confirmation. By the time I came into his life, he had nothing to do with religion. Matter of fact, when I told him I was going into the seminary, we were sitting around the kitchen table, and he said, you know, religion is for weak people, but at least you're going to be a leader amongst weak people. Thanks, Dad. Toward the end of his life, he would say, you know, help me. Can you help me? And every time I said, dad, I'm here for you, but all I have is prayer and sacraments, day after day, week after week. Sorry, dad, I got prayer and sacraments. And then finally one day when he realized nothing else in the world works, he said, fine, let's try it. Are you serious? All right, don't move. I'm gonna go get my stuff out of the car. I'll be right back. But you know, if I would have, and by the way, that was the end of a life conversion he finally had. But if I would have said, Dad, you need to get your spiritual life in order. You better get to confession. You are a Catholic. You better get your Catholic behind into a Catholic pew or else. It would have ended the conversation. The curtain, iron curtain would have come down, and that would have been the end of it. I provided an invitation and an opportunity. God. Had to convert him. Today we are celebrating the birth of John the Baptist. He is the perfect example of this method. His whole life was pointing to Jesus. It would be basically like he was saying, Do you like what I'm saying? Do you buy into how I'm living? Then it's not me, it's him. If you want more, go there. And quite frankly, that's all we are asked to do give example opportunity, invitation. Even if it is only a crumb, an invitation to see a garden, to see art, to hear a concert, a crumb can be enough. God fed thousands on a couple of loaves of bread. He can use your crumb, perhaps combined with the crumbs of others to convert souls and transform our culture. So don't be afraid, don't be overwhelmed, but do act.